0: As you see, we had a lot of fun at Vacation Bible School. Let's go ahead and join our hearts together in prayer. Lord God, thank you for your light that has shone in us. Thank you for the light that we get to reflect to those around us. Help us be good little nightlights. Bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts. May they be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I thought, uh, for my sermon, I'm just going to kind of give you an overview and see the things that we looked at and learned for Vacation Bible School. Why? Why? Well, because these are truths that are important for us to know as well. The goodness of God's grace does not stop after we don't get to stop learning after we get yay high. We keep learning and growing. But it's also important for you to know what happens on our campus during the week. And every summer we get to have this great experience where we had 44 young people, as well as a bunch of teenagers and volunteers and all sorts of different people, gathered around so that young people could learn and grow. Yes, some of our own children got to learn and grow, which is wonderful, but we had a a lot of other children as well. We had children from families who live in our neighborhood and saw that we were doing something, and And one of the families said that they had signed up for every single vacation Bible school around all through the summer to give them something to do, and we were right around the corner. We had grandchildren. We had nieces and nephews. We had people who come every year for our vacation Bible school. We had people who had never been to our vacation Bible school. We had children from the play school who got to come to this place that was familiar, but to get to know new faces, to learn and to grow, to come to Adventure Island. The theme was this sort of islandy thing, it's discovery on Adventure Island. And the setup is that we are looking for these, I can't remember, what are they called again? Lighthouse Keeper Louise? Infinity lanterns. The infinity lanterns. And There's a whole story about she's this lighthouse keeper who has been given this uh, this journal of all of these um, infinity lanterns. And we, as these adventurers, have to find them, along with the help of, of a, uh, a puffin parrot, putt. Puffin puppet called Beacon, who she could never get the name of correct. Um, But we all gathered together and we learned these, what they were showing off, pathfinders. All around this core scripture of Isaiah, which David so wonderfully read, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The Lord's glory has shone upon you. And so each day, we were to arise and shine with whatever that theme was. The first day was love. And the first day, we learned about creation. We learned about the goodness of creation, that God created the world, created light and darkness, created the sky and the sea and the land. God created the Birds of the air and the fish of the sea and land animals and human beings and all of them were good. That God created us in love. That God created us in God's own image and so that everyone we meet, anyone you have ever met, anyone you will ever meet has been created in the image of God. Because God shows God's love to us through creation, we show that good love to those around us. It's all about light, arise, shine, your light has come. The Lord's glory shines upon you. That love, that light of love we get from God, we get to. In fact, we are Told to share with those around us. To share that love with one another. It's not always easy. But it is what we are called to every day. On the second day, we were called to arise, shine, oops, with Trust. Y'all, you're a little bit too silent. I'm, I'm getting used, to, I was used to a little kid. So we're going to do this all, all right? You're going to learn the Pathfinders as well. So we're going to arise. Easy, right? Shine with trust. And trust, the, sign, the uh, ASL signal for trust, is so we're basically holding onto a rope and we comes down to our fists. Here's our Trust. We have this trust in God, and we learned about Moses. Moses, who had gone through all sorts of things, had been born in Egypt, as we know, and out in the wilderness, in the desert, encountered a burning bush. And God spoke to Moses through the burning bush and said, I want you to go back to Egypt to give freedom to my people. And as we know, Moses was not very excited about that prospect. In fact, there are two chapters of him coming up with excuses of why he shouldn't be the one to go. Why me? I don't speak that well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm old. I don't know. I've just come up with all sorts of anything that I could possibly think of. Why I shouldn't go, and God says, I will be with you. Moses says, what? Well, How do I know? How do I know? How can I trust that you will be with me? And God says, because you'll come back to this place, and you'll worship me. You notice the proof of that (laughs) is what happens at the end. He doesn't get proof from the beginning. He gets proof at the end of the experience. And so he has to trust. How often are we called to trust God in every aspect of our lives? And how often does God give us proof in advance? Can anybody think of any example, right? God doesn't work that way. God calls us to trust, trust in what God is doing in and through us. And so we go. God's light of trust shines in us, and we are to trust. Give that light of trust to one another. Maybe trusting someone being their friend. Trusting them with our money, our resources. Trusting other people that they're going to do what is best for all of us. Trust is pretty low right now, isn't it? And yet we are called to trust primarily in God, but also extend that trust to others. On the third day, we arise. Okay, come on, y'all. All right. Arise, shine. And this one is faith. Faith is very similar to trust, but it, this time it's point to our mind, right? We know that we are sure, right? So just kind of two fists together. We learned the wonderful story of four friends whose, their friend was paralyzed. He could not walk and had not been able to walk all of his life. He could not work, he could not do anything in his society. But his friends heard that Jesus was there in the town. And they wanted to bring their friend to him because they had faith that Jesus would be able to heal him. But they couldn't get through. There were too many people that were crowded around the door. There's no way they could possibly get in. And so, in faith, they went up to the roof. And they dug a hole. The second runner-up for favorite song is busting through the roof just to get to Jesus. It's a fun one. They dug through the roof and lowered their friend right into the middle of that crowd, right in front of Jesus. Because they had faith that Jesus could do something for their friend. Jesus looks at him and says, your sins are forgiven. Just doesn't get really exciting reactions from those gathered. They say, that's not possible. That's overstepping your bounds. You can't possibly give forgiveness of sins. And Jesus says, I can, but I'll show you the thing that's... Let me get this right. It's harder to do, or it's easier to do from a God perspective... It's easy to say your sins are forgiven, but I'm going to show you that I can actually do these things. He says to the man, get up, walk. Your faith, your faith has made you well. And he gets up and he walks off. His life forever changed because of his faith and the faith of those around him. We as reformed folks know that God that faith is a gift from God. God grants us that. Because faith doesn't always make sense. In fact, most often it doesn't. Just like that trust, we don't have proof ahead of time that everything will work out. We have to trust and have faith that it will. So we go forward in faith. We trust that God is doing more than we could possibly imagine in this and every situation. So that light of faith that shines in us, we also shine to those around us. We have faith in others. We have faith that God is working all things together for good for those who are in Christ Jesus. joy we arise arise shine with joy what's great about this is even if you're if you have a mask on I can see you're smiling because you're doing this right joy we have joy deep deep joy we told stories that Jesus told, three parables. Jesus was gathered, this is um, in Jerusalem, I believe. And the Pharisees are upset because those gathered around Jesus are not the right kind of people. They're sinners. They're tax collectors, they're All sorts of folks. And definitely not the right kind of folks. And so Jesus tells them some stories and says, there was once a a shepherd. That shepherd had 100 sheep. But one day he got up and he counted and realized that there were 99 of those sheep. One was missing. And so, of course... Of course, of course, he goes off into the wilderness, leaves the 99 there where they are to find the one, that one single sheep. What's wonderful about this parable is it's not an of course. Shepherds of the day and shepherds today would say, well, I've got 99 here. I know where they are. One being missing, that's acceptable loss. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. But this shepherd, this good shepherd says, no, I will do everything it will take to go and find that one that is missing. There's another person, a woman, and she has ten gold coins. We might assume in this story that she's a widow. This is all that she has to live on. Every day she pulls the mount just to make sure to know that her future is secure. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But one day she counts only to nine. One of them is missing, and so she turns the whole house upside down, sweeps every nook and cranny, or as in the video, it was it was Hook and Granny or something like that. It was cute to find that one coin. And when she finds the coin, we're gonna get to that. And we heard the story of two sons. Two sons of a father, and one son is kind of a pain in the butt. And he comes to his father and he says, Father, I'm tired of waiting for you to die. Just give me my inheritance now. And so he does. And he goes off to a far country and he blows all of his money on all the things that he shouldn't do, and he's broke. And he's feeding pigs. And he's so hungry that he would love to eat the slop that is given to the pigs. And in that moment realizes that my father's slaves eat better than this. I'll go back. when the shepherd finds that one sheep out of 101% he comes back and it, with great joy proclaims to his friends and neighbors look i found the one sheep that was lost it is that dear to me that this one sheep be found that woman who lost 10% of her income when it is found she celebrates even throws a party spending money that she doesn't really have to celebrate enjoy that that one coin that was lost has been found the father when he sees his son come back 50% loss of his children he runs to him and welcomes him with open arms and throws a great party because this son was once lost and is now found. And Jesus says to those Pharisees who are grumbling, I care about every single one of these sheep and coins and children. Everyone belongs, and I will do everything that I need to to go and make sure that all of them belong. And with joy. I will celebrate, and all the angels of heaven will celebrate that one sinner has been found. And finally, on the last day, we talked about hope. Arise, shine with hope. Cross your fingers like you're hoping that this is going to happen. On that day, we heard the story of Mary. Mary who went to the tomb on what we know to be Easter morning. Hoping for she did not know what. This is the culmination of everything. The, the creation that God had created in love and yet turned away from. The creation that has fallen so short of all that God desired of us. In Isaiah 59, the prophet proclaims the disgrace, the injustice, the terrible state of the creation. God's own people who were supposed to be just and yet were not just. God's people who were supposed to be the beacon of light for all humanity were so, so far from that. And so God extends and does what they could not do. God armors himself and comes to earth. This light, this light is the Glory of the Lord that has dawned upon us. This light is Jesus Christ, God made flesh. This God made flesh was dead. And so as Mary approaches the tomb, she sees that the the stone has been rolled away. That his body is gone. There are angels that proclaim that he is not here, but he has been raised again. This hope calls her to go and tell Peter and John. And they come and see. They don't know exactly what this means, but they go in hope that maybe this could be something new. That death would not be the final answer. This hope is the hope in which we rest. This hope is the hope in which this is a visible sign of that invisible grace. We are called to be people of hope in a world that seems so hopeless. In a world that seems so unloving and distrustful in which we cannot have faith and trust and joy. I think we end with hope because hope is where we are going. In a world of darkness where it seems there is none of that light, God calls us. God shines on us. God's light in these five and so many other ways, and we are called to be people of hope. Not looking at the world around us which seems so dark, but looking forward to the light of God's glory and kingdom. Looking for those little places of God light where God's light is being reflected. In you and in me and in 44 little children dancing around and singing. We are people of hope. We are called to give the light of God to reflect it on those around us. This is a great, great message for two, three, four, five, six, etc., year-olds. This is great news for us who are well past the time of vacation Bible school. Except to volunteer. Always volunteer. There's never a top end of volunteering. This is good news for us, too. Arise. Shine. The glory of the Lord has shone upon You. This is truly good news. Amen.